Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about coffee, of all things. Um, definitely something that I have in my regiment every day. But before mm-hmm. we dive into that topic, we're going to talk about just our last seven days. And um, I kind of wanted to talk about the posing seminar that we had over the weekend because I thought it was a, yes. a pretty big success. So uh, it was definitely different um, than our past posing seminars where we usually do them at a gym or at Angel Competition Bikinis where we have a big area with uh, mirrors. So... It was good practice for the athletes to not see themselves in a mirror uh, when we were doing the comparison round, the individuals Mm -hmm. and the call outs and the walk to back curtain, all that stuff. So we actually, let me rewind a little bit. So first of all, I beastified sports nutrition and performance was, they were amazing. Um, So grateful for Sid. He was on the podcast last weekend and his wife was Mm -hmm. such a sweetheart and his business partner I met as well. Um, they were just wonderful people and they, we got the opportunity to, you know, get to know them and we started off the posing seminar doing some stretches that are in my, uh, posing handbook that I have for sale nice. on our website. And it's also part of our resources and our client portal. Um, but basically every week I tried to incorporate some sort of stretch that would enhance posing. So I brought a bunch of golf clubs and we did the ring out the towel, you know, kind of like trunk rotation. And then I mm-hmm. demoed some things with the yoga wheel and um, the foam roller. So if you didn't catch the live and you obviously weren't at the pot or you weren't at the seminar, then you can watch the playback on Instagram, uh, Glam Girl Bikini. I have that recorded there. So that's kind of how we started things. And then we went through some footwork stuff and and then at the very end which we didn't record this part but there's a private 360 mirror room that Sid was talking about last week and it's really cool um it was cool to see how the athletes looked under the stage lighting versus mm-hmm. not it's so crazy how your body looks different and then you could see mm-hmm. you know full 360 and it's open to the public it's free so if you are in the Overland Park or Kansas City metro area, I highly recommend going down there and checking it out. He also has a Fit3D scanner like we do here at the Glam Lab. So um, both are free to the public and it's pretty cool. You can shut the door and just pose in that room. And um, yeah, I loved it. So, um, but yeah, my last seven days, I something new that I'm trying and exciting is um, I'm trying to get more movement and having a little bit more fun with getting higher step counts and uh, more activity. So I started this thing called, um, it's basically like cardio tennis where it's learn tennis fast, but it's a workout and it's with like a group of people and they have music and it's just like you learn how to play tennis, but it's also a workout. And so my competitive Hmm. nature It's kind of a fun thing to do in the evenings when normally I'd be kind of bored. Um, And right now my kids aren't really doing sports in the evening. So it's been really fun to do that. And my two friends um, do it with me. So it's been a good time and a good way to just kind of get some good movement and, 
you don't really even notice that you're getting a good workout because I'm competitive and I like to win games. <laughs> That's awesome. Is it offered at your gym? So it's actually a different gym that I don't belong to that is a tennis focused gym, but they have cool. this really great deal. Um, the first class was free and then this um, little package deal is like 50 bucks for a full um, like month of classes, you get a free racket and everything. So, wow, that's great. Out. Yeah, excellent. Uh, do you want to hear about? Does everyone want to hear about my yes, life? Yeah, we do. We want to hear about your life. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, on the work front, I have two athletes getting ready for uh, Masters Nationals that we have coming up this weekend. And so I've been concentrating on uh, getting both athletes ready. So that's been exciting. And then um, as far as my individual prep, we actually made some changes, which are brand new to me. Uh, Amy prescribed me HIT for the first time in my entire prep life. (laughs) And um, I did a session this morning. And hats off to all of you ladies that do your HIT. Because it was an intense 10 minutes. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I definitely was like hobbling out of the gym. But um, I think it's a sometimes like those things that are intimidating or they're a stretch can also be really exciting because it's like, it's how you look at it, right? So if you're like, oh gosh, I have to go do this hit workout and it's going to be horrible and I'm going to be winded and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at it as something challenging, um, like how, how much can I get done in these 10 minutes or how hard can I push myself? Um, that makes it more exciting. So I definitely took the second mentality this morning and I was, it was challenging, but I enjoyed the, the challenge. So I'm excited to see yeah, yeah. And um, like you with having a partner to do your class, um, I definitely recruited my <laughs> lifting boyfriend to do the hit with me. Yes. And um, yeah, so we both think of that. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that he hated it. Um, <laughs> and it was definitely like an eye opener for us that we both need to work on some cardiovascular conditioning. So <laughs> I felt very close to him as we were both dying <laughs> in the gym. But yeah, it's good. We need as athletes, we like to be pushed and challenged. And this was Amy, you changed our lives with that <laughs> prescription. <laughs> um, so yes, so now our relationship is stronger. And I'm really excited to see what kind of results we can get um, with my body since I've historically been a a steady state um, athlete. Like that's always been my cardio and now we're trying something different. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, And I don't, I don't think we've made this public, but I'm like kind of in a mini cut. We're trying to experiment with a couple things to see uh, to kind of collect some data so that we can utilize it um, when I'm ready to get back on stage next year. So trying different cardio, we're trying some different things with my macros this week as well. And yeah, I think, I think that's the beauty of prep is each prep is different. Each, you know, every, every individual is different, but even within that, I think each prep should be, uh, adjusted to where your body's at and 
where your hormones are at, what your work schedule's like, and it's just a, a fun thing to create. And I feel like, Amy, you always give me something new, and we've always gotten some like pretty crazy results. So I'm excited for this this season leading into next year. Thank you for always being my guinea pig slash lab rat that <laughs> experiments with <laughs> yeah, I love it. crazy ideas. So mm-hmm. I like it. So yeah, yes. let's go into, so the pros and cons of drinking coffee for weight loss. And I would say a big pro in my mind is that it helps with uh, suppressing my appetite. So mm-hmm. especially when I'm in a caloric deficit and um, you know, calories are low. It really helps me get through the day in terms of just making me kind of get th- between meals and curb my hunger. And I feel like with the types of coffees that I have, whether it's caffeinated or decaf, um, later mm-hmm. in the day, just having those flavors too really yes. makes me feel like I'm having something sweet as well. Um, but yeah, so there was a study and so we're going to get kind of give some data here too, along with these pros and cons. Um, it was a review published in the international journal of food science and nutrition where it said that drinking coffee half an hour to four hours before a meal can help you eat less than you would otherwise. So, um, Mm -hmm. basically your morning coffee has you covered for your lunch and then an even smaller study showed the appetite reducing effects extended through the next day for people who are overweight or um, obese individuals. So, and that was people that drink like a moderate amount of coffee, 200 milliliters or 6.7 ounces a day, which isn't much. That's, I mean, (laughs) that Starbucks size, what is that at all? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Probably less. uh, It's less than that. I I think think the 12 yeah, I think it's 12 ounces. Uh-huh. They yeah. have a short. It's so crazy how big. <laughs> I don't even know how many ounces of vente is, but man, those are huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always try and um, have my clients take some. I give some type of recommendation on their caffeine intake because I just want them to be cognizant of how much they're drinking throughout the day. Um, because I think sometimes we can especially when you're in a deep dieting season, you're just like always grabbing for something to continue going because you know, you're it's, it's hard. Um, and I don't mind like some caffeine increase when you're in a deep dieting season, but I also don't want it to be abused in the improvement season so that now we're not utilizing that time to, you know, manage cortisol and protect your adrenals and all that stuff. So I give a light recommendation on people's plans Um, but I do like this tip about it, um, suppressing appetite or helping with, um, you know, hunger. And when I have athletes come out of a show, I actually try and have them, um, start tapering either like any type of fat burners or stimulants and caffeine slowly. Because I know that you're super hungry after you've just competed in a show. You're probably struggling with cravings. And I want a little bit of that caffeine to help them. Um, But as we, like, increase food, I try and decrease the caffeine so that they're getting full with their nutrients. And we're not having having to rely on that stimulant. So 
Yeah, I think all of those are like really important points on how to utilize it wisely. And I would agree with you, Amy. I like that it does feel like a treat. Like yesterday I posted a reel of uh, like I had an early afternoon post-lunch dessert, like air quotes, uh, where I had a rice cake and like eight grams of nut butter and a half a cup of coffee. And it was like perfect because I felt like it was a nice little treat. I had like some carbs and fats and then the uh, the coffee is like it's I drink it black so there's nothing sweet about it so the I don't know the flavor balances were wonderful for me that's what I'm trying to say so I think that's all my points on appetite yeah and I think um another pro too when you're mentioning when people are deep in contest prep their energy wanes too and so when you're saying like they're kind of like dragging throughout the day and they're trying to make it through um and it can definitely be like a good pre-workout it definitely can give you that boost of energy and make you move harder at the gym but like you said it does have diminishing returns right like there's Right. can be certainly abused and we don't want mm-hmm. our adrenals to be too taxed so it's important that you also really stay hydrated too when you're um intaking caffeine because it is a diuretic and it can make you dehydrated so make sure you're getting your electrolytes and things like that during yes. your workout as well yeah and you like there's an electrolyte drink through first one that you like right yeah those um hydration sticks yeah, I have not tried those yet, but I've heard things. Yeah, they're um, zero calories. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, and I actually like um, coffee instead of pre-workout. Like in the morning, uh, I gas dog oh. either. Oh, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, yep. perfect. Uh, so like my pre-workout meal and pre-workout I guess together is a blended protein shake with iced coffee in it because I'm getting the yeah so I'm getting like my protein it's I do um yeah I blend it with some ice and then so I feel like I'm getting like a fancy Starbucks drink Mm -hmm. like a blended drink and then uh it's not heavy in my stomach but I'm getting some of that caffeine to help propel my workout and I feel like that's like and then I'll have some rice cakes and, and nut butter too for the carbs and fat, which again, doesn't feel heavy in my stomach. I feel like it gives me sustained energy. It did the job with my training and my hit today, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it's good with the workouts as well. Yeah, definitely. So one of the, I guess you would say cons when it comes to coffee that some people might see perceive is that you know like you said with starbucks they tend to put (laughs) all kinds of calories and sugar and things Mm -hmm. like that but if you're in our world i feel like coffee has become it becomes really an art of just a very zero calorie um way of getting through the day and not having like this huge calorie bomb so um, a lot of people like it with like sugar and creamer and things like that. And because coffee is really bitter, but I feel like if you do the flavored coffees, which doesn't add calories. So I yes. do K cups of different sorts. Like right now I'm on a caramel kick and then I have like a, um, a bunch of chocolate 
type of um, like decaf flavors and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they have toffee, all different kinds. So it's not adding any calories, but it gives you that flavor. And then if you use the sweet drops, um, they are also flavored. So there's chocolate flavored, um, there's caramel, vanilla, and there's even, they have right now like a pumpkin one too that I have some coffees that are like pumpkin spice. I know that's more of a fall flavor, but, um, different things like that where you can kind of mix and make it more of a, um, more of a, like a Starbucks feel. And then I have a frother that I use with, um, I mean, you can use like a half cup of unsweetened almond milk, use the diamond kind because it, for whatever reason, makes it really fluffy. Other Mm. brands don't get as fluffy in the frother, but when you use that and then you put that on top and then kind of drizzle the liquid stevia, it's almost like how they drizzle the caramel sauce on the frappuccinos on top of the whipped cream. So it feels like you you have like a coffee with the whipped cream and then the caramel drizzle or the chocolate drizzle. And it's everyone is making this drink right now. (laughs) They're all running to the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, it's like 15 calories, right? Because it's a half cup of the unsweetened, which is one cup is 30 calories and the rest is all zero. So that's something that can be, I guess, positive in our world, um, negative in others. Mm-hmm. If, if you go for the higher caloric beverages, um, what are some other things about coffee that you wanted to mention? Um, let's see. Uh, I think it's important when we're talking about caffeine uh, to really take into consideration some people are going to tolerate it better than others. I do see this with my clients. Some people, they're like, I drank a cup of coffee and then went to sleep. Like it, uh, their tolerance is super high for caffeine. Um, not that I condone that behavior because it still can interrupt your sleep because caffeine has a half life. Um, but uh, there, it is dependent on how you metabolize caffeine. So some people are considered fast metabolizers um, and others are slower. So you want to make sure that if you don't tolerate caffeine well, some of these pros actually cannot, they might not work well for you. Like it's been shown that if you are a slow metabolizer and caffeine, you don't handle caffeine well, it can actually interfere with performance, uh, with training, your time in the gym. So making sure that you, again, like are taking some inventory of how much you're consuming, when you're consuming it, how um, your performances with the caffeine assistance. I know for me, I am more sensitive to caffeine. When we go to team shows and national shows and I'm there coaching my athletes, nine times out of 10, I cannot drink anything with caffeine because my anxiety is already a little bit high. I'm like excited and nervous and uh, just all the fun things. So caffeine doesn't help me. It actually just makes me more edgy on the anxiety side. Um, so I just try and think of situations where it is appropriate and helpful and then stay away from it when I don't need it. So I just think that's something to keep in mind. What your friend is able to drink and tolerate may not be the same for you. Yeah, anytime I have somebody going through a cortisol reset or a high anxiety person that has trouble 
really getting into like rest and digest or they're very um, more, uh, I, I don't want to say type A because I think a lot of competitors are type A, but in that yeah. stress perception where they they have a hard time letting their CNS kind of, they're always in fight or flight all the time. Yeah. I feel like those are the type of people that should never really have the caffeine. And um, mm-hmm. if they want a warm beverage, then they should probably start off their day with decaf. And um, that's another consideration too to think about is that your cortisol is the highest in the morning. So not everybody needs caffeine in the morning because uh, that's right. that's when you get that big surge. So mm-hmm. it's important to kind of go in phases with your caffeine, make sure you resensitize, take some time off of it, maybe take some adrenal restore for several weeks, um, at least 14 to kind of get it out of your system and then kind of reboot from there. Yeah, and I think like sometimes the coffee is just a habitual thing. We get used to the flavor and the experience. So I like your suggestion of Swapping out with something else that, you know, maybe a herbal tea that's going to provide you different benefits than, um, you know, affecting your cortisol negatively if that's something that you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So metabolism. So one reason um, the coffee, so we kind of think about coffee with our metabolism in different rates. So coffee is broken down and cleared by the liver and our genetic makeup shapes how quickly and effectively we can do this. So on the one hand, the slow metabolizers of caffeine don't process caffeine effectively. And these people are the people who are adversely affected by caffeine. They get the jitters, they're wired for up to nine hours after consumption. And then you have the others that get that really nice boost of energy. They feel alert for a couple of hours and those are considered the fast metabolizers of caffeine. Um, so it's really just, you know, whether or not coffee is better or worse for you, it just really depends on how well and how quickly you metabolize the caffeine. So that's really what we got to kind of think about. And, um, if you are a slow metabolizer of caffeine, uh, you probably should steer clear in this case, um, coffee can do more harm than good. And so some of the reasons why um, high coffee consumption is that it can be associated with a higher risk of miscarriage, disrupted sleep, worse PMS symptoms, increased blood pressure, even with people that don't have hypertension, and then um, non-fetal myocardial infarction, which is aka a heart attack. So. (laughs) Wrong coffee. (laughs) Yes. So those are some of the negatives. (laughs) Do you want to go over the yeah. some of the plus sites? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Actually, oh yes, okay. Low caffeine consumption can uh, is safe for most people. So uh, a few cups a day, or you know, there's caffeine in tea and dark chocolate. It shouldn't be a big deal. Um, but if you are a fast metabolizer, um usually a lot of the pros that we mentioned are going to show up when you drink caffeine. So um, you shouldn't have any association with uh, coffee and disease, and you'll probably see a lot of improvements in your health performance, 
um, cognitive function, all types of things. So I know there's like a gene variant uh, that kind of differentiates if you're a fast or slow metabolizer. Um, I do think that you can probably tell without having to get your like DNA looked at uh, just by like your anecdotal evidence and how you're feeling with some caffeine. Awesome. Okay. And yes. then cortisol, we've kind of went over that, but uh, just remember that when you are drinking coffee, that hormone that is produced by the adrenal glands will increase. And then that also increases your blood pressure and it will also spike your blood sugar. So I just want to point out that whenever I have somebody that typically has blood sugar dysregulation, a lot of times they also have cortisol dysregulation. Mm -hmm. So um, you'll see that a lot with like the dawn phenomenon. So somebody that has really high cortisol, uh, they have a really high fasted blood glucose because cortisol is the highest in the morning, like I had mentioned before. So yes. you'll see that their their blood sugars are super high in the morning, even higher than postprandial, which is two hours after they eat a meal. So mm -hmm. uh, something to keep in mind that the cortisol and blood sugars are so, um, they're very closely related. So if somebody is very insulin resistant, then mm -hmm. coffee is probably not a good idea for them, that they're going to want to take a break from generally all caffeine in terms of that so that they can yeah. bring their cortisol levels to a good um good rate so that's something that we need to make sure that we're aware of as well yeah and piggybacking off of that talking about insulin sensitivity um you know caffeine or coffee doesn't like acutely cause insulin resistance um, or problems with glucose it's actually been shown that chronic coffee consumption. So like, you know, I think about my overnight nurses that are just like pounding coffee because they're so busy at work and then they're dealing with, you know, uh, high cortisol because their job is stressful. So too much of a good thing actually has uh, been shown to work in reverse. So chronic coffee consumption can increase uh, insulin resistance and that's where your body is not effectively delivering glucose into the cells of the body. And in this situation, we see insulin um, not working with transporting that glucose. And, you know, that's a lot of times like you're less receptive to your receptors are, are less helpful in getting glucose into your cell. And then sometimes we see like uh, increase of body fat storage, uh, all things kind of associated with increase uh, or with insulin resistance. Yeah. So the stat of overall coffee consumption is actually associated with 35%. Um, it, the risk of developing type two di diabetes. So that is a stat. So if you can, mm -hmm. if you are doing those high doses, um, it does decrease that insulin sensitivity and then, Mm -hmm. your glucose tolerance really is affected. So um, something to keep in mind, that's kind of a scary stat that 35% of type 2 diabetes can be affected by just overall coffee consumption. So if you're anywhere along the lines of pre-diabetic, it's definitely safe to say to avoid coffee. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, too much of a, of anything is, you know, never a good thing. Um, and that's why we talk about like a lot of balance in the prep life. We train hard, but we recover hard and we look at, um, how we're using all systems of the body and then making sure we're recovering those systems of the body. So I think that's just the name of the game when it comes to like the sport and just overall health as well. If you have a highly stressful job and your life situation is stressful and then you're adding lots of caffeine on top of it, it can give you like the energy, but then a crash. And then you're constantly cycling through that cortisol is chronically high and then you're ending up with health issues. So like if you can control anything to help that situation, maybe looking at your caffeine consumption can help improve your overall health. And, you know, we mentioned on here that caffeine can improve health, but it's looking at how you're using it, what your situation is looking like. And um, that's what's, you know, important is looking at all the pieces of the puzzle to make the best decision for you as a unique individual. Yep. And then it can also really decrease the effectiveness of your serotonin and trigger the release of dopamine. So um, that can make it even more addictive. And then basically you start putting that in your daily routine and you start to get um, like you're getting this overabundance and you start getting like headaches and shakiness, stomach upset. And then when you pull that caffeine away because you've been so used to this constant, um, you know, dopamine and serotonin rush with that. Um, so that's why caffeine's so addictive. And then mm-hmm. also if you're having trouble sleeping due to high caffeine intake, uh, we all know that quality sleep really affects like your weight loss and, um, your ability to control your appetite and, it really can mess with like your hunger cues and things like that. So if you're looking for optimal body composition, we know that sleep is so important. So caffeine can really, um, you know, interfere with that. Yes. And one other like random thing that I thought was important is uh, caffeine's effect on the gastrointestinal tract. So increasing, so caffeine will, uh, or coffee, will help increase the production of stomach acid, which in large amounts will create stomach upset or acid reflux. So if you're uh, just, you know, something that maybe you're struggling with and you can take a look at habitual patterns that you have and maybe that will help. Yeah. Well, all in all, I think we know that too much of anything is um, the devil is in the dosage, right? So we need to just use caffeine strategically in different phases and use it wisely where we need it. So um, we're not overextending and abusing it uh, so that it works for our prep and helps us lose weight and creates, you know, all the good things when it comes to performance and appetite control and things like that. So Uh, With that being said, we're wrapping up this episode. Uh, If you liked what you heard, or if you didn't, you can let us know. (laughs) Hopefully you did. Um, You can DM us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. We really appreciate it when you give us suggestions on what you want to hear. So feel free to do that. Uh, If you can share it on your story, you can tag us. That would be wonderful. And 
if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the Get Started button to apply. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.